is so good to be back home um, this morning. It's so good to be here. Um, when Dave asked me to preach, um, I was just so excited because um, it, it, uh, it feels like it's been a long time since I've been able to get here and um, to be with you guys. And uh, so I'm just really excited. Thank you for letting me be here this morning. I do want to do a shout out to everybody who is uh, watching us online. Uh, welcome. And also my wife who is watching us from Honduras this morning. So um, excited about that as well. So to start off this morning, I have a question for you. When, well, first of all, I have a question. Uh, I have one question for you. I have two questions for you. Sorry. So Raise your hand if you are someone's child. If you've ever been someone's child, raise your hand. Pretty much everybody. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay. Um, we have some aliens among us. That's cool. Um, but, uh, then, then this message is for you today. Okay? If you are someone's child... And this message is for you this morning. And I want to start with a little story. Has anybody here, when you were a kid, you kind of wanted to be that cool kid? You wanted to do something, and so you wanted to impress your friends so that they would like you more? Maybe you did something kind of not very intelligent to get people to like you? I did that once by stealing a check from my mom's purse. Um... We were, with my, uh, we were with our friends, and we, uh, they wanted to get some candy, but we didn't have any money. We lived in a small rural town in Kentucky, and so I had this idea, because the day before, we had went to the grocery store. It was an IGA, if you remember those, and um, we, we went, uh, my mom had written a check out. And when she did, she said, can I make this for a little extra? And the guy's like, sure. And so he gives her cash back. So I'm thinking in my mind, well, they know us, so maybe I can do the same thing. So I snuck into my mom's uh, uh, purse. I took out one of her checks. I did the best I could to forge it. And I went to the grocery store, and I said, hey, my mom forgot to get a few things yesterday. Uh, and so I got some candy, and I said, hey, can we make this out for a little bit extra? And so we got money, and so we played the whole rest of that day. We, were, uh, we had as much candy <laughs> as we wanted. We had uh, money to buy Cokes and all that kind of stuff, and everything was great. Till about three days later when my mom says to me, hey, Rob, did you take a check out of my purse? Of course, I, you know, thinking I would not get caught, you know, I lied about it. And so um, she uh, said, no, we need to go to the store. We've got to go to the grocery store because, you know, you did this and it's illegal. And they've called the police uh, because it was a forged check. The bank had returned the check for being a forged check. And so we go to the, the, uh, the grocery store. The police are there. And I, I was... I was probably 12 or 13 at the time, and um, they told me how it was bad, and this, that, and the other, and I just remember looking over at my mother, and her head was just down. She was so ashamed 
Not that I had done something silly, but that I had made her look bad. Because the police asked her, like, what, did you not teach your son that this is stealing, that this is wrong? And so, because we lived in a small town, everybody found out. Everybody. It embarrassed my mom, and because... You know, she was the mom now of this kid who was 12 or 13 years old who was forging checks and stealing. I made my mom feel terrible because of my actions. It embarrassed her to the point where people were even saying, she must be a terrible mother. People would whisper as we would walk down the street. It was so bad, my mom didn't even want to go out of the house. I had brought shame and judgment on my mother and our family simply because I just wanted to be the cool kid. I just wanted to do something fun. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be accepted. I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I did it anyway. And Because I, I was not thinking about the consequences of my actions and what it might cause on my family. Have you ever... Anybody here ever disobeyed their parents like that? Maybe you didn't steal a check. Maybe you didn't steal anything. But has anybody else here ever done something that brought embarrassment to their parents? That maybe made them look bad. That maybe caused them to be, caused them to be ashamed. Ashamed, sorry. I want to read a verse with you this morning. And I want us to really listen to what this verse has to say because this is a very important command that God gives to us. It's Proverbs 23, verses 22 through 25, and I believe it's going to be um, up here. It says this. It says, honor, not listen or obey. It says, honor. We're going to get back to the minute. It says, honor your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who's, uh, who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice, and may she who give you birth be joyful. If your version says, listen to your father or obey your father instead of the word honor, I want you to disregard it this morning. Not because that's wrong, but because our cultural understandings of those words often trip us up in verses like this. Listen and obey gives us the cultural context of until you're an adult yourself. Like, you know, obey them. But then when you're an adult, you don't need to obey anymore, right? That's not true. Nowhere does God give a, 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 an exception to this. He doesn't say, honor your parents until you're 18. Honor your parents until you're 40. God simply says, Honor your parents. As long as you are on earth, you must honor your parents until you die. Whether your parents are living or dead, whether they live far or close, whether you're 14 or 40 or 80, we are commanded to honor our parents. As Jesus hung on the cross, he looked down at his mother and his best friend, John. And with love in his eyes, he told John, that his mother was now John's mother. He told his mom that John was now his, her, I'm sorry, her son. 
That's a compelling picture of how Jesus, as a 33-year-old adult, was trying to care for and honor his mother, even as he hung on a cross. And that should give us, that should make, give us pause when we think about how our actions, even as adults, affect our parents, affect our families, and affect our relationship with God. Even if your parents haven't been good to you or abandoned you, we're still commanded to honor them. If you don't love your mother or father, that's really sad. I know, because it's hard for me to love my dad who abandoned me not once, but twice. It's really sad when it's hard to love your parents, but you still owe them honorable conduct. The Torah, or the first five books of the Bible, have the perspective that whether or not we love our parents is irrelevant. What matters is that we honor them in a godly way so as to fulfill the command that we have been given. I want to give you an example of what I mean, how we need to honor our parents, even if we don't necessarily like our parents, or maybe they've treated us bad. Maybe they've abandoned us. Politics today is super divided. The, two, the last two presidents have been hated by half of the country. A few years ago, the press was violently opposed to the person that was elected to be president. However, no matter the hatred that, that the, uh, the press had towards the president, when he entered the room to give a statement, they all rose from their seats. They did this because they had um, honor for the presidency, even if they didn't have honor for the person who was president. It doesn't matter how we feel about our parents. We're still called to honor them with our actions and decisions, even if in our own eyes they don't deserve it. This command is a lifelong command to bring godly honor. Now, I wanna, I'm, I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but I'm not just talking about honor. I'm talking about godly honor. What does God say about how we should honor our parents? Not worldly honor. And that trips a lot of people up. We're going to talk about how God wants us to honor our parents in a way that honors and pleases Him. So to do this, I want to break down our teaching this, my teaching this morning into three different parts. The command that we're given, the way God expects us to fulfill it, and the promise that comes from these four verses. We're going to start with the command. We find the command part of our text in verses 22 and 23, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. I want to start in kind of a weird place this morning to, to, um, to kind of show you what I'm talking about. I want, to take a, I want to go back and take a quick peek in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus lifted up this prayer in Luke twenty-two forty-two. This is what he said, Father... If you're willing, take this cup for me, yet not my will, but yours be done. When Jesus prayed this, he knew that suffering and crucifixion were coming. But that wasn't the issue. That's not why he prayed this prayer. It was the part of being forsaken by God that weighed heavily on him. He knew that in order to truly take on our sin, he had to suffer our consequences. He knew that his dad had to say, I'm backing up. He knew that God, his father, had to 
push him away, to suffer what we deserved on the cross as he was suffering a crucifixion so that he could pay the consequences of our sin. But did you catch how he honors his father? I know it was his heavenly father, but it was still his father. He says, not my will, but yours be done. I trust you. I'm putting my hands, I'm sorry, I'm putting my life into your hands. To honor his father, he submits himself to his dad's authority and agrees to fulfill his obligation. That obedience is what brought us salvation. We overlook these verses sometimes and we read them But uh, when we read them. But sometimes I think we just need to pause when we read these scriptures and these prayers, especially the words of Jesus. Why? Because I think it gives us incredible insight into the interaction uh, between two sets of people, us and our parents and us and our God. And I think that we need to pay a lot of close attention to this. Because it gives us direction in how God wants us to honor him. And one of the ways we honor him is by honoring our parents. To be honest, some people here cringe at the thought of honoring their moms or dads. Many of us have had less than ideal childhoods, and I get that. Some of us have been abandoned. I told you my dad abandoned me twice. He abandoned me and my mother when I was three. He came back into my life when I was 33. He searched for me, was back in my life for a few weeks, and then he abandoned me again. Why should I honor that? He doesn't deserve it. My dad doesn't deserve it. He doesn't even deserve to be called dad. How could I possibly honor him anyway? He abandoned me. Many of you have similar or worse stories. And the answer to these questions is in what Jesus says again in Luke. Yet not my will, God, but yours be done. We honor our parents first and foremost by honoring God above all things. By following God. By following God, we honor our parents by default. Because obeying God automatically leads to us doing and saying things that make us the kinds of sons and daughters that our earthly parents really would want us to be. Look at Jesus, what Jesus did when he was a teenager. It's the only story we have of Jesus as a, as a, in his childhood. But I love this story because it gives us great insight into how we are to honor our parents. That's the command, to honor our parents. How do we do it? Let's take a look at this story. So Jesus and his parents have gone to the Passover feast in Jerusalem. They leave believing that Jesus is hanging out with some friends at the back of the caravan. But about a day into the journey, they realize that Jesus isn't with them. So they literally rush back to the city and search everywhere for him. He isn't at the baseball card trading booth. He isn't at the movie theater. He isn't at the internet cafe. He isn't playing video games at someone's house. No, when they find him, where's he at? Church. Imagine that. A teen who had the whole city to himself, and he goes to church. And not only that, I love this story, that was the last place they thought to look for him. Like, this is like the Son of God, right? And Mary knew that something was special. And when he's lost, what do they do? 
They check every place but the church. It's the last place they think to find them. Then they get there, and they're really upset. I imagine every time they went to a booth or every time they went to this part of the city, they were just getting more and more frustrated, more and more angry, more and more upset, just ready just to just get into them, but then fearful that they were going to find him and he was going to be hurt. There was so much grief, and so they, they come up and they say, Why did you do this to us? I love how he answers. Didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? It was, it was, it was uh, almost as if he was saying, Father, Mother, did you not know I would be in church as a teenage boy let loose in a huge city? I can imagine their faces like, No. <laughs> he wasn't being snarky or condescending. He was literally telling them that he was honoring them by where he was and what he was doing. He stayed behind, not to do anything wrong, but to follow where God told him to go. He honored his parents, not by following them, but by following God. I want to read verse 24 again in our, of our text in, in Proverbs. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. A wise son in this verse refers not to someone who is smart, it's talking about someone who has wisdom and discernment, someone who knows what is right and how to live that faith out, someone who studies God's word, learns what God likes, works hard to live out their life in obedience to God, someone like Jesus who is willing to sacrifice and face anything to follow God. My dad left me when I was 33. I just shared that with you. The reason why he left me is because he was an atheist, or he is an atheist. I was a pastor of a church. He just couldn't accept that I had faith in Jesus Christ. He told me that. He said, I'm very proud of the type of man that you've become, Rob, but I can't reconcile the fact that you have put your faith in a God who does not exist. You're a fool but you're a kind and compassionate fool. So he said he was proud of the kind of person I was, but he just couldn't reconcile my faith in God. See, Christ followers have a behavior and a heart of love and compassion that will always bring honor to their parents. Obey Jesus and you'll fulfill this command. My dad said, I'm proud of you. You've become the type of person in your heart that I would have wanted you to become. I'm just not happy how you did it. So I realized that day that by obeying Jesus and following him, I had inadvertently honored my dad who had abandoned me. When God told me to come to go to Honduras, my mother was devastated. I was taking her oldest granddaughter and her son thousands of miles away she begged me, please don't go. But I knew that this is what God wanted. So I explained to her and I told her that we weren't abandoning her. I let her know that we would call and visit and help however we could. And so we went. We obeyed God and left. But we also came back and visited. We called her. We kept into contact with her. We helped her with our needs. And later before she died, she told me how proud she was of me for obeying God 
and for taking care of her. My mother was not a believer either. I honor her, she said, by obeying God. Also, by being kind and comforting to her. I didn't abandon her. I followed God, but I still honored her. If we hadn't gone, then my mom would have never seen this. Because we went, we were able to bring honor not only to her, but to God. And for that reason, my mom accepted Jesus Christ before she died. She probably wouldn't have done that if we wouldn't have obeyed God. When we obey God, we bring honor to our parents, and we never know how God is going to use it to not only bring glory to him, but to bring salvation to others. Sometimes I understand it's hard. I get that. Like I said, my dad wasn't somebody I could even feel any emotion for. It was like meeting a stranger when I finally met him when I was 33. But by following God, I honored him. And I glorified my Father in heaven. And I pray that that interaction someday will lead to his salvation as well. Last thing, the promise. Proverbs 23, 25. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. Tucked into these 14 words is an incredible promise that has earthly and heavenly consequences. A mother and father in that time who had a rebellious child, a son or daughter who didn't follow God, was a parent that lived in grief. Why? First, because they knew their child was going to hell. They knew that their child was going to be in eternal torment forever because they had uh, decided to be rebellious against God. Second, these parents would be labeled as a failure by society, like my mom was, because a silly little kid decided to steal a check to try to be, friend, or, uh, 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 be popular with his friends. She was labeled as a failure. Parents in Jesus' day would be shunned and set apart. No one would invite them to dinner, and no one would want their kids playing with the kids of these parents. I saw that firsthand. I saw it firsthand when my friends were invited to birthday parties, and I wasn't. And my mother, wanting to defend me, went to a mother, another mother one day and said, why won't you invite my son? And you know what she said? I don't want a family like yours to have any kind of influence over mine. I had brought dishonor to my mom simply because I decided to follow my will and not God's. Last thing. The grief of dealing with the consequences of a child would be overwhelming. Uh, of being this type of child. The, the, the grief that a parent would have had for having a rebellious child would have been overwhelming. Constantly seeing their children, child in trouble, fighting, causing pain, destroying and hurting others would have been hard for them. Anyone who's watched a child spiral out of control knows exactly what I'm saying. So God gives us, all of us, children a promise in this verse if we would obey god the promise is right here the promise is written in verse 25 if we would obey god in wisdom and in action it will cause our parents to be blessed and it will honor our heavenly father our parents will be joyful and proud of us 
and so will God. Isn't that what we want to hear? Well done, good and faithful servant. God will be glorified when we seek him out. And by default, so will our parents be honored. It may take time, with, like with my mom, but in the end, I, wanna, I just want to challenge you to follow what God has called you to do in your life. It took a while with my mom. I had to have patience and kindness with her. I couldn't get angry or upset at her. I simply had to say, Mom, trust me. And I kept my word, and my mom saw that, and because of that, she is now in heaven. Some of you might say, what if I don't care about bringing blessings on my parents? My parents don't deserve that. To you, I would say this. What you think doesn't matter. You aren't called to honor your parents if they deserve it. You aren't commanded to do any of this based on what they have or haven't done. Now, I want to say something here. I'm not saying that you put yourself in a situation where you're constantly hurt and constantly attacked. I'm saying that your job is to honor your parents by honoring God first and let God deal with them. I had to hand my dad over to God. But that didn't mean that I was going to disrespect him. Remember the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11? Verse 4 says this, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. You see, you and I didn't deserve any forgiveness or mercy or compassion from God. Your rebellion and my rebellion against God hurt him like maybe your parents have hurt you. However, he didn't take that into account. God didn't hold that over our heads. He offered us salvation not because we deserved it, but because of who he is. We offer our parents honor not because of who they are, but because of who we are in Christ. Our parents might not deserve it, but we offer them honor because we are Christians. We follow God's example of love and grace and forgiveness by honoring our parents with the way we choose to live our life. And who knows? Maybe by doing this, your parents, my dad might someday change. They might even, like my mom, completely surrender themselves to God. Sixteen times in both the Old and New Testaments, we're called to honor our parents with our actions and words. Sixteen times. Sadly, in 2 Timothy 3.2, it says this, People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, and unholy. Read Romans 1, 30-32 with me. Slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They'll invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things will deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of them, of, I'm sorry, approve of those who practice them. Those two verses are not describing the world out there. Those two verses are talking about inside the church. Friends, we cannot allow ourselves to be disobedient to our parents, 
No understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. We can't allow that to happen. We have a responsibility to our parents, whether your parents are alive or not, whether they're the greatest parents in the world or not. Why? Because God has called us to this. God has called us to a higher way of living. Amen? Right? God has called us to be different from the world. These verses look like the world. Honoring your mother and your father does not look like the world. Proverbs 30, 11, there are those who curse their fathers and mothers, their fathers who do not bless their mothers, those who are pure in their own eyes and are not cleansed, I'm sorry, are not cleansed by their filth. In the end of days, they're going to be dishonoring children both in and outside the church and culture will cheer this on. People inside the church will cheer this on. We will have lukewarm Christians inside the church, unbelieving people outside the church, and all of them are going to treat their parents terrible, and they will be cheered on for it. I saw a clip um, the other day, uh, Dave Ramsey, uh, if you know him, a, a financial guy, and there was a caller who called in and said, look, my parents called me and said that I'm responsible to take care of them in their retirement. They hadn't saved anything, and so they, were, they basically said, hey, we don't have anything for retirement. You're responsible for that. I don't care if you have a family. You have to pay for everything so that we can retire. And Dave Ramsey and them said, and he said, how do I respond to this? Now, the world would say, What? I don't owe you anything. I don't care if you changed my diapers. Shut up. Be quiet. Leave me alone. A culture would say that we should absolutely ignore them or treat them badly. Maybe even say words and things we shouldn't. But the Bible says no. It doesn't mean we can't put up boundaries. Hey, mom and dad, I, I can't do that. I've got my own family. But to do it in a right way, to say kind things to them. I understand where you're going, mom and dad. I understand you're struggling. I get that. But mom, I, I, I can't do this for you. We will take care of you the best we can. We will make sure that you eat. We will make sure that you're not abandoned. But mom, I, I, I don't have millions of dollars to give to you. You see the difference? The world tells us to react one way and God tells us to react a different way. And sadly, even inside of our churches, we will be cheered on to put our parents in their place. I have never read that in Scripture. I have, however, read how we are to obey, honor, love, feel compassion, and mercy to our parents. We're called to live our lives for Christ. And through that, to bring honor to our parents. We are commanded to obey God in everything we say and do. And through that, to not be a burden to our moms and dads, whether they deserve it or not. We're not responsible for how other people react or what they deserve, but we are called to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. If you are a Christ follower, 
you have received a calling from God over your, on your life. I don't mean calling like to go to Honduras. I mean a calling like to glorify God with the way you live. To honor him by how we act and react. And one of those areas that God is talking about is here in Proverbs, where we must honor our parents, whether they are living or not, whether they're awesome or not. We are called to live in such a way that we would bring honor to them and glory to our heavenly Father. I'm going to say this. The band's going to come up here, and I'm going to pray, but I have one more quick thing that I want to say, and this is this. When we honor our parents, we honor God. When we dishonor our parents, we bring dishonor to God. There's no gray area. There's no exceptions. God simply says, honor your mother and your father. In Exodus chapter 20, it's one of the Ten Commandments. It's also the only command with a promise so that it will go well with your life. Interesting. I don't have time to get into that. Praise God. He's called us to something amazing. Called us to be his children. Let's sink in for a minute. Bow our heads. Father, I don't understand it. How you can have so much compassion and mercy and grace on me. But God, you have blessed us so much. You've called us in Scripture. You didn't call us servants. You didn't call us slaves. You didn't call us those people. You didn't call us humans. You didn't call us men. You didn't call us women. You called us children. You gave us right, the right to be called children of God. And so, Father, we are called to honor you. And by honoring you, we glorify you. And by honoring our parents, we glorify you. By, with the, our speech, we honor or glorify you. You are amazing, Father. We sung a song, you're just, your reckless love. You didn't care. You just wanted to love us, and you wanted to make sure that we knew it. We thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you so much for the commands that you have given to us, for the challenges you have given to us, and for the calling you have given to us to be children of God, called to honor you in everything that we do, even in how we treat our parents. Let us not listen to the culture. Let us not listen to or be cheered on by anyone or anything unless it's cheering us on to be completely 100% obedient to you. Love you, and we thank you, and we give you all the glory and honor. In the name of Jesus, amen.